0: Good morning, my name is Kevin Kane, I'm the outreach pastor here at Olive Branch, and we have a special treat this morning uh, from our Uniquely His program, we have uh, Josh and Trevor, and they're going to open us up by uh, reciting, well, Josh is going to do it by memory and Trevor is going to read a verse for us, so Josh, a little bit louder and, uh, and slow down, okay, take a deep breath, go, very good, all right. John 3.16 For God to so loved the world against one and only Son, whoever plays to not and but весь Thank you. Thank you. I came right here. <laughs> Wonderful. And now Trevor's going to read a little longer passage for us. You ready, Trevor? All right. It's just Matthew twenty two, verse seven through nine. Jesus, blend, love, love, and Lord. God will all oh, your heart, will heal all your soul, and will all your mind is the first and greatest comment, and second like is love. member is love. Thank you. Thank you. My heart. Thank you. Could you could you put this on the stand there, uh, over by the Christmas tree? There's a microphone stand. Thank you. Wonderful. Have them share. They both have been a blessing. And I'll be sharing a little bit more about our Uniquely His program. But... I hope we listen to the the verses and how those verses tied into what we were singing. We're singing about the the reckless love of God. And here at Christmas, we have just celebrated and continue to celebrate the sending of his son Jesus to earth. And John 3.16 talked about that, how God so loved, had this reckless love. That he sent his son for us. And then um, Trevor responded with the next verse by saying our response is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. At Christmas time, the series was the point. Without this, there is no real point to Christmas. Christmas. So we're, as we think through New Year's, we watch that little bumper video, okay, we're, we're looking towards a new year and looking in the past, and there's some things we want to improve, some things we want to work on. We'll be walking through that a little bit, but what I want to encourage you, because of God's incredible, reckless love, may we never lose the wonder. That last song we sang talked about having that wonder. May we never lose that And may we never give up. Uh, If you're like me, there's times in life, whether it's in a relationship or uh, a a work situation, or even in following Jesus. You know, we talk about loving, living, and sharing here. And each of us struggle, not just in one of those areas, but in all of those areas. And so often we just want to give up. And I want to share a time in my life where I wanted to give up and it was painful. I hope you've never shared anything like this and I try not to share it in public but I th- I think it applies here to this, this not giving up. You see, I'd become a pilot and I was flying a single engine airplane in the in the jungles of New Guinea on the Indonesian side now called Papua. And I landed one day with... Uh, fully loaded passengers, which means six. And we touch down in this little airstrip. And I try not to say runway because it's just a little patch cut out from the jungle that some locals got together, cut down the trees, and uh, there was grass. And we touched down and landed. And I touched on the brakes, and right away, the wheels locked up. And if any of you ever driven a car or a vehicle and know when your wheels lock up, you don't have control. And I no longer had control. And we hurtled down this little grass airstrip in the the middle of nowhere, just sliding, sliding. And the plane started to shift sideways. And there there was nothing I could really do. I thought I had gotten off the brakes and in retrospect, I probably still was touching them a little bit and the, the wheels were locked up. And we slid sideways and we started veering off the airstrip. And as we sunk into the ditch next to the airstrip, I heard that sound that I will never forget. The snap, the shearing of metal, as the landing gear was ripped out of underneath the airplane. And then we came to a stop. And as the passengers hurtled out the passenger door, I sat there wondering, what am I doing here? And you know what? I wanted to give up. And for the next couple weeks, I thought, what am I doing here? You know, it took me back 10 years earlier. When I was 18, I took a short-term missions trip to Guatemala And it ruined me. I came back thinking, wow, how can I love, live, share Christ? What can I do? What are opportunities to serve Christ full time? And I saw there was a need for missionary pilots. So I I stepped into that long process. I went and got my Bible degree. I went for a couple years to become an aircraft mechanic. I also was flying, became a private pilot, an instrument pilot, and then a commercial pilot, and finally a a flight instructor. Then I spent years getting experience as a mechanic and years of experience as a flight instructor. So then I arrived there, and they sent me to English language school. uh, Excuse me, Indonesian language school. I need to work on both. But Indonesian language school, my wife and I spent a year studying We arrive there, we're just getting going, I'm there to save the day. There's two aircraft and two pilots, I was the second pilot, there to meet the spiritual and physical needs of this area that's cut off from the world, there were no roads at this time and 30 years later there's still no roads in that part of the world, it's just a swampy area, lowlands And so I'd work through the process, I'd arrive, and I'd take the one aircraft that they used for transportation and to get people around that area, and I'd just put it in the ditch. I took six months and tens of thousands of dollars in ordering the parts, getting them shipped over. Every day, I went to the hangar and was faced with my failure. Faced with the idea that instead of helping, I'm costing the program a lot of time and money but the people around me said kevin you've gone through some good training hang in there don't give up this is a dangerous business landing airplanes on small little swaths of grass in the jungle bad news kevin this may not be the last time you slide into the ditch didn't want to hear that but you know what i didn't give up I talked to people and they encouraged me, hang in there. There are still some great needs. Hang in there. And I'm glad I did. We stayed on for another five years living in there. But I I learned so much about why, why am I there? It wasn't about me trying to prove something. I wasn't trying to prove I'm some great pilot. I wasn't trying to prove I am God and my God complex tells me I am there and they need me. Now is an opportunity to serve God where the needs were so much greater than they are here. And so I pressed on. And I I share that story because so many of us, we we wrestle with different aspects of following Jesus. And some of us don't have a relationship with God. And there's still areas of life where we want to give up. And I'm saying, especially to those of you who are following Christ, even though you struggle don 't give up, we opened with John three sixteen for God so loved it 's that reckless love that we are responding to as we follow Christ. Christianity is not just another religion like others, and you 'll be told, well, Christianity is like the others. You just try to be good and be nice to others around you and have this moral life, and no. It's about the great big God of creation pursuing each and every one of us to have a relationship. That is not like any other. And that should help us to not give up, to press on in spite of the difficulties around us. Now, I want to encourage you to do two things. In the seat in front of you. Or for you all to see behind you. There are these little cards here that say next step. Pull that out now. Because I want you to write your name. And I want to encourage you to take some next steps. Like the card says at the top. And also, Angela, you can pull out your phone. Some people are a little afraid to pull out their phones because you might play games here. That might happen. I realize there's a risk, but I'm watching each of you. But I want you to have your calendars ready. I'm going to name a number of dates, and I want you to be ready to to enter some of these things. Uh, These things will be happening over the next four months, but I want you to be ready for them, so... I know your phones are going to fall asleep, so to keep them awake. I know some of you are going to be playing some games. That's okay. I'll try to be funny. I'll try to be alert, and I'm watching you. No games out there. Uh, but I do want you to have your calendars ready, and and as we press forward in these things, how do we? What am I asking us to do? I want to go back to the main thing of Christianity, and it's understanding His amazing love. Again, in that last song, we sang, we talked about the wonder of his love. May we never lose that. May that never grow old. May these words that Josh said by memory never grow old. My friends were overseas workers in Spain, and this one gal gave her life to Christ. And she says, what do I do? And they said, read Read the Gospels, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so she dove into her Bible. And a couple weeks later, she came over to the house and said, you wouldn't believe it. There's this verse in the Bible. And she quoted to them John three sixteen. She had discovered it with eyes that had never seen it before and understood God's incredible love that he gave his only son, that this love was not a feeling. It was a commitment. It was a sacrificial commitment so that mankind should respond. And as Trevor read, what is our response? Love God and love our neighbor as ourself. Well, what's the best way to love your neighbor? I'm going to be talking through some things we get to share. I'm an outreach pastor. You'd expect me to share, talk about some things about sharing and outreach. But it really comes for a love. What does it mean to love our neighbors? Well, it means to care for them, get to know them. But it also means Sharing. Sharing that connectedness, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers that do not know Jesus are not connected with the creator God, the God who made all things, the God who created us to live and worship him. And we look at people around us and say, oh, they've got it all together. They're doing all right. Look at them. Chances are they're really hurting. Hurting. I watched and and read some things. The religion Wicca right now is growing at a greater pace than it has in the past. Others, and sometimes it's just called paganism, is growing greater than it has in the past. And as I read and as I listened on, on YouTube to some of their testimonies, every one of them talked about their feelings of isolation Some of them talked about being separated from their family, disconnected from neighbors, disconnected from from God's creation. Now, they might say earth or mother earth, but God created it for us to enjoy, and they felt disconnected. So they started pursuing something, something other than Jesus that's going to connect them to their, their father in heaven. And my heart aches for people who feel that brokenness, and we need to be aware of that as well. They do not know and understand this reckless love of God. But we all fail at loving God. As I talk to people, they say, Kevin, I, I don't do this. It says, love God with all your heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not a Christian. I'm not doing so well. And I say, you know what? If you believe Jesus is the son of God, you've given your life to him. Hang on. Don't give up. Press on. We don't have to do. Jesus did. We simply respond to this God that's pursuing us. There's a phrase that said that, you know, God loves you right where you are. And I agree with that. But I wanted to add a tagline onto that. God loves you right where you are, but he doesn't want you to stay there. No relationship is just kind of good being stagnant. How do we step forward and grow? So don't give up, but look for ways to grow. Get a Bible reading plan. We have God's word in our language and we can hear God speaking to us. What a way to connect in that relationship. We have small groups where we connect and pray for others, others, as we grow in this. My wife has a wonderful voice, and she walks the house singing hymns and songs that remind her, that remind us of Jesus. She has asked me not to sing because I have a horrible voice, so I'm up here speaking. Um, as we grow in our love for God, it's not just about us. That impacts the others around us. We love God so that we can be a blessing to others. And we understand his amazing love so that we can learn about growing and how we live. That's the second little blank there you have from moving from being amazed at his love and understanding that to Growing. We all need to keep growing. And, and Paul writes this verse to the, the, the church in Philippi. But I want you to realize something. A lot of times we read the Bible as, okay, God, what do I do? How, how does this happen? What do you have for me? And we need to change that lens significantly as we read the Bible, and especially this verse. This is talk about walking and growing in Christ, but it's not written to an individual. It's written to the church. So read it with different eyes here. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Is there an individual aspect to this? Of course. But then in that culture, they would read this more corporately of how do we walk in a manner worthy of the gospel? How do we live this out together? And we are the church. And I hope at the beginning, I didn't say we follow this love, live, and share that's hanging here in the church. It's not hanging here in the church. It's hanging here in this building that we sometimes call the church or the church property. And I get that. But that can't take us away from understanding that we are the church. We are what is to go out and to love, live, and share. And I hope we can use this building for his glory. But it's about us walking in a manner. How do we do that individually? I'll talk about that in a second. How do we do that as a community? Well, we have small groups I'll tell you another way to do that as a community. If you have a Thanksgiving dinner at your house and everybody is up serving and you're sitting in the couch, that doesn't work in my family. That if you got it working for you, good job. No, don't get off your, whatever it is you're sitting on and get up and serve. And here in our, our family at Olive Branch, we need some help. Some of you are already serving. That's great. Some of you need to take another step in your serving. I just had Josh and Trevor here with me. Now, when they were younger, we have what we call uniquely his. Now, it's for those who uh, are struggling with a disability. And we take a a child that we call a hero and we place next to him. Every hero has a sidekick, right? So we're looking for sidekicks. Right now, so that we have a sidekick for uh, a child with a disability, so the parents can sit together and worship God together. Right now, we have at least two, I don't want to overstate it, but I know we definitely have two families that do not attend church because they don't have care for their disabled child. You have this little card. If you'd be willing to step into that, we're looking for people to do that every other week at 930 Just to sit with a child. And I want you to know my life is richer because I've hung out with Josh and Trevor. What an opportunity to hang with a child and help them learn to connect with their their peers and help their peers connect with them. That's uniquely his. We need people to, to participate, to live out their love for Christ by serving here in the family. Now, Josh and Trevor, right now in our 9.30 service, they usually come in here for the worship singing, and they go up to an adult gathering that we not so creatively called Uniquely His 2.0. And there's a, a Bible lesson. It's a smaller group. And I'd encourage you some Sunday at 9.30, just go in and sit there and enjoy it. They would love to have others in there with them. If you could participate by helping out, the good news is that, that Uniquely His 2.0 is running. Every Sunday, we've got somebody teaching. We've got somebody helping. The downside is the lead teacher is a mother of a disabled young man. The point is so that parents can be down here worshiping together. Uh, if you're interested, write down on your card, Uniquely His 2.0. Or just go up some Sunday at 9.30 in room A219 and just say, can I sit in and enjoy? A good way just to participate together as a family. I also said, when a great thing is connecting in small groups. Get to know each other. And, you know, it doesn't take long before you see there's no perfect people at Olive Branch. And... Uh, So I'd encourage you to take a step there. We're also promoting something called neighborhood hangouts. We're encouraging olive branchers in a certain area. We'll be rolling that out a little bit more at the end of January. Well, we'll, just so we can get to know each other. You might be neighbors with people who attend olive branch and don't know that. So we're breaking the, the attendees down into geographical areas. And we'll be encouraging barbecues there. Another way to grow... And to encourage others to grow. Now people say, but Kevin, you don't understand. I I say I'm a Christian and I want to live and and love Christ. And I do such a lousy job. You know, I I say things at work or I say jokes or I get mad or I send emails or I talk to people at work. And then I come home and Kevin, I, I end up yelling at the people that I love the most. That love me the most. I, uh, what am I doing coming here? I, I want to give up. My response is don't give up. And many people come to me with the wrong perspective. They say, Kevin, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I shouldn't even be here on a Sunday morning because of the way I act at other times. And as I talk to those people, I've yet to talk to one hypocrite. A hypocrite is pretending to be something. Say, yeah, I love Jesus. I want to do this and be good. Who in their heart really has no desire to do that? That's a hypocrite. Chances are, if you're sitting here, you're not a hypocrite. You are simply inconsistent. And that's radically different from being a hypocrite. Don't get into that battle of I'm a hypocrite, so therefore I should give up playing this game. If you are playing a game, get right with God. And from then on, you are simply inconsistent and welcome to the human race. However, don't settle for the status quo. Don't expect perfection, but don't stay where you are. Continue to grow, but don't give up. And people that give up are people who have been convinced they are hypocrites and playing a game. No, we are simply responding imperfectly, incorrectly to God's love. But we should still keep responding. We should still look for ways to grow. And you know what? Serving in uniquely his, connecting in a small group, though you're encouraging others, does a mighty work or can do a mighty work in our, in our lives. And remember, we're not trying to earn God's favor by doing well. And okay, I'm no longer angry with my family at home. Isn't God happy with me? Now I've moved up in his book. Now, you've, you've in, increased in how you relate to God. But God still loves you unconditionally. Every time we mess up, God's saying, Come back to me. Get your eyes on me. I'm pursuing you with this this reckless love. You know, it's easy to sing about. But to live that out is just that remembering who he is and who we are. We're aware of our sins and we're aware of our need for a great savior. And as we love love him... As we live that out, we get to this share aspect. And we should be pursuing opportunities to share. Now, people need to know Jesus. I firmly believe that. That's why we gather as a church. It's not narrow-minded any more than telling somebody that 2 plus 2 is 4 is being narrow-minded. I believe Christianity is true and right and the only way to be connected to the God of the universe. So what do we do about that? We love the Lord with the God, with all of our heart, soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're to respond to him and we're to respond to our neighbors. And you know what Greg shared a couple weeks ago? We share those things that we're most excited about. We share about relationships. We share about our recent day at Disneyland or our hot air balloon ride or our football team or whatever it is, the more we fall in love with Jesus, the more we realize and stand in wonder of what he's done for us, the more we should be compelled to share. And we should be compelled to share because we need to again change our lens as we look at our neighbors and friends and say, they're not doing well. Now your relationship may not be at the place where they have shared that, But if they're not connected with God, they can't be doing well. So how do we pray for them? How do we encourage them? There's good news. Now we're all thinking, well, Kevin, you don't really realize I don't do this much. Well, you know what? You do. You're part of this family. Corporately, we are sharing locally and globally. Let me share some cool things that we are doing. And by you being a part of Olive Branch, you are a part of this. This is Kerry uh, on the left, his wife, Shar, And they are serving overseas most of the year. Kerry has his PhD. They've had a overseas experience in Spain for years. Now they live locally and when in town, they attend Olive Branch. But though they have grandkids in the area, they spend about seven months out of the year traveling often to third world countries. Serving new teams. They just came back from three months in Indonesia. Living in this third world area. uh, Serving a team and helping them to develop. Carrie and Char are doing wonderful sacrificial teams. And we're a part of this. This is what Olive Branch is doing. Isn't it cool to be part of a, a local church? Now we also have, we've been talking about Scott and Casey serving overseas, Scott with his videography and Casey with her medical background. How cool to be a part of this. You have those red envelopes. If you didn't give, you can still have an opportunity this last Sunday that we're really focusing on them. They've been over there four years. This December, they were able to come back to the States for a couple weeks to spend time with family at Christmas. What a meaningful time. I Skype with them every month. They've gone through some really rough pastures. But you know what? They're hanging in there. And they're part of what we're doing here on Sundays as they are outreaching their neighbors as well. And here we have Lydia. You can read about Lydia on our website. Grew up in this church. She is now serving. And uh, we're not promoting everything about Lydia out there in public But we can still pray for her as she is working with a majority religion. They are migrating to an area and more open to the gospel of Jesus where she is. This is what we're doing. This is Olive Branch going out globally. So you might say, Kevin, I'm really struggling. I'm going to say thank you for not giving up on Olive Branch and being a part of what we are doing globally. Now, it doesn't stop there. There are ways for you to step up. And do you still have your, your phones out? Okay, break away from the game a little bit. And I want to tell you about James Project where I've, I've shared several times. You know, the city of us, said we're about to find this family because their house isn't up to, to specs and neighbors are complaining. So we want to uh, go in and we get 50 or 60 volunteers and we renovate the yard and we help to restore that person. We're often there overwhelmed with so much of life. But also, we go and connect with the neighbors. and We let them know we're coming beforehand. We send them a gift bag. And we just say, we're here to help. And we offer uh, some services. But what a great thing to be involved in James Project. And you got your calendars out? April 6th and May 4th are the next two James Projects. So uh, get that written down, get involved, take that next step, bring your family. I've brought neighbors who don't attend church, but they love getting involved in James Project. Now, there are some week-long or two-week-long ministry opportunities where there'll be some training. Uh, We'll send people out for a longer period of time. Uh, there's a meeting next Saturday night at 6.30. So you can put that in your phones. I think that's January 5th. And then next Sunday, January 6th at 9.30 and 12.30 in room A224. There's only four rooms upstairs. Just stick your nose in there and say, is this a, the summer ministry opportunities room? But So we're offering it three times. If you're interested, please attend. Gather information. Find out what's happening. And you know what? If you're not going, maybe you can support uh, financially somebody who is Going The one trip is right here in Vista to reach out and to help foster kids. Uh, Foster kids often bounce around from home to home and don't understand this love of a great God reaching down and pursuing them. Wonderful opportunity. Also going down south of Ensenada to some older, a house of older men. There's 11 men living there. It's not a very nice place. It's a little bit rough. How can we go in there and clean, help, and just demonstrate God's love and help a small Mexican church as they minister to these older men? That one's in June again. Next week it'll be in your bulletin, but we'll give more information at the, the one of the meetings. Also going to Latvia the last two weeks of June. We sent a, a small team next last year. We want to grow that a bit. And most of the young people attending will be speaking English, and most of them are Christians. But how do you live out Christianity in a very secular culture? So we're gonna go talking about love, God's love, what it means in their culture and how they live it out and helping them to learn to disciple others. We also have Johnny in Friends. Yes, it's pronounced Johnny. And uh, this is for families dealing with disability. Right here in Murrieta, one week. What a blessing to deal with people like Josh and Trevor and their families. You don't have to have any training. You show up and you live out Christ's love by loving on these families. And finally, a trip to Thailand. This will be the pretty much the last two weeks of July, where we'll go and we'll teach English to Muslims and help a Thai church that's trying to get inroads. To reach these muslims by coming and sharing and forming a bridge they will end up with a short visit to uh with scott and casey what can we do individually you know what's what's the next step for each of us get to know some of your neighbors out there connection central we have little booklets that you can write your neighbor's name in write their kid's name Uh, maybe their grandkids, write down prayer requests. If you're like me, you forget names, you forget what's going on in their life. How do we really care? We have booklets that you can take and fill out. You still have your calendars open? February 10th. Write down February 10th. Great thing that your neighbors will enjoy right here at Olive Branch, Sunday night, 5 o'clock, February 10th. One of the American idols, David Francisco, is going to be here with his wife. I think they're celebrating their first anniversary when they come. It's not a Valentine's-y thing. You know, you, you can be young, old, married, single. But if you're a guy, you can probably check your box for a valentines thing because there'll be a, a dinner and a concert. But he doesn't share overtly about Christ. He shares about the transformation in his life and what it was like to be hit by somebody who is texting and to be paralyzed from your waist down. If you Google him, you can see Katy Perry cry as he shares his story and as he sings. So David Francisco, February 10th, uh, be ready. We're going to be rolling that out soon. There will be tickets. It will fill up. But what a great opportunity to bring a neighbor. Now, once again, people say, Kevin... You know what, I'm, I'm failing in this share thing. I, I don't know what to do. What if I'm talking to somebody about church and they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Well, you know what, Olive Branch is providing help every morning at 9.30, right up in that room right there. There's a, a, a class learning, how do we respond? What questions are people asking now? How do we respond? How do we do that with grace and love? Also, coming up soon, we're going to be having classes on love, live, and share, where we can learn how to grow, how to step forward, how to take these steps. And you know what? I've been in full time Christian ministry for 30 years. I love this stuff. I love reading the Bible and understanding what my neighbor's going to ask and, and responding and trying to build a relationship. And every time I share with somebody who's not a Christian, I walk away going, Oh, I can't believe I said that. Oh, what didn't I say? Oh, I should have. Does that ever have to happen to you? Yeah. Okay. Probably all of us. But for a lot of people, when that happens, they want to give up. I'm saying, don't give up. When that happens to me, what do I do? I go back and read some more. I'll, I'll hop into a class at 9:30 when I when I can. I'll I'll sit in and listen and say. How can I grow? You know what? The point isn't to get a big head and win arguments. The point is to touch people with a great story of God's love. You know, what, what's next for me? Well, I, let me reframe things a little bit. We talked about God pursuing us, and some people say, well, Kevin, I can't remember all the little pieces of the, the Christian story. Let me tell you a story. And, you know, putting things in story form connects with a lot of people more than saying God came. He died for your sins. He rose again. Now you need to do this. Listen to this parable for Soren Kierkegaard and from Soren Kierkegaard and see if this won't touch lives. He writes, suppose there was a king. A great and powerful king. This king was like no other. Every statesman trembled at the power of this king. No one dared breathe a word against him. Knowing he had the power to crush all opponents. Yet this king fell in love with a humble maiden. And he was melted by this love. But he had a problem. How does he declare his love? You see, because of his kingliness, his hands were tied. Because he knew if he went down to this humble maiden in this this little cottage and he brought her up to the castle and he clothed her in royal garments and put a crown on her head, she would probably say she loved him. She wouldn't dare resist but would she loved him? She would say she loved him, of course, but would she truly or would she just live in fear? And the king didn't want that. Would she be happy? And how could he ever know? And they thought instead of bringing her up to, to the castle, maybe I'll go down to her humble cottage in the woods, and I'll, I'll take my carriage and my, my men with their flying banners, and I'll go down and express my love to her. He said, No, that's going to overwhelm her as well. Bringing her up to the castle, going down. You see, the king didn't want a cringing subject, the king wanted a lover. He wanted her to forget that he was king. And he wanted to let this love, this relationship, bridge that gap between them. So the king, convinced that he could not elevate the maiden without crushing her freedom, the king resolved to descend. He clothed himself as a common man common worn out robes and he approached her cottage it was not a disguise the king took on a whole different identity he renounced the throne to declare his love to her and to win her love and to win mine and to win yours and to win the love of the people around you who desperately to know need to know this love of this great king how do we, we still bond we we love god and we love others take opportunities to step out in these areas it's a new year just take one step give you some options in your calendar but don't exclude yourself because you're imperfect we're all imperfect don't worry if you've crashed in the jungle of life You know what? We still have the king who took on common clothes and pursues us. So take out. For some of you helping uniquely his, some of you are already helping, maybe taking a trip. One of these five trips. Come to the info meeting. Write me. I would love to take time to help you how to step out. As we do these things as we take trips, as we minister, we come back with a bigger picture of a great, big, awesome God. And regardless of what you do or don't do, the great king is still pursuing a love relationship with each and every one of you. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for pursuing us. Father, there's some here that have not relented to your love. If if that's you and you want to give up this fighting of God, write your name on that card we want to help you as you connect with your heavenly father it's not something you can do alone and for those of us father that have given our lives to you but live so inconsistently may we confess to you may we live life aware of all that you've done and realize it's because of you that we live and move and breathe and God, may we stand amazed, not at your love for us, but the fact that you can use us to share your love as imperfectly as we do it. You can use us. God, may we be willing. May, be, may we risk a crash landing because we're stepping out to do great things for you. Thank you for loving us unconditionally. May we continue to be amazed. And as we sing now, Father, may our words be our anthem as we step out and love, live, and share for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.